we'd have to see where they are eating. So it would be 10, 10 days or so of track your food, write everything in. Everything has to be listed, even if it's bad. If you have a day where you ate out three times and you ate a case of Coke and whatever, it's gotta be written down because then we have numbers to go off of and say, hey, you are grossly overeating and mm -hmm. this is where you're projected to be at by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, This is where we need to be. And then you can kind of roll it back. Um, if you don't, unfortunately, if you don't have that kind of um, tracking beforehand, it's mm -hmm. kind of a blank slate. Um. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain. You are listening to Tribe Every Day. We discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. Uh, today, we actually have Coach Chris with us. Uh, we are going to uh, talk a little bit, talk a lot a bit about nutrition, a little bit shorter than normal. But again, we're not going to go through Chris's entire journey. We've done that already. Uh, we don't really need to hear that again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but we do want to discuss um, some of the nutritional questions that we've been getting uh, within the, the past couple uh, weeks to months. And, you know, full disclosure, you know, one of the things that Mark and I looked at at the beginning of 2019 was kind of where we need to fill the gap, so to speak. And our biggest hole in the game was definitely nutrition. And I think we're, we're slowly starting to kind of plug the dam um, when it comes to some of the deficiencies we had in that. And a big part of it has, has to do with Chris uh, taking, taking much more of an interest and an active role in getting people on the, the correct nutritional path. Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, foremost saying that none of us are registered dietitians. So we're not gonna sit here and tell you that eat this at this time. Uh, we can't give you a prescription. Right, we're not legally allowed to do that, uh, but we can give you some guidance um, in the sense that Obviously, we, we have some experience in the nutritional realm and, um, you know, getting you some general outlines to get you the results that you need. Um, so I think the first thing, uh, maybe, Chris, you can speak to this a little bit. What, what are some of the biggest questions you have when it comes to uh, gaining or losing weight? And let's, let's be honest, it's, it's more losing weight. Yeah, Very yes. rarely is it like, I need to gain a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, usually, it's, yeah. How do I lose weight? Um, why is it so hard? You know, uh, is it important to count my macros? You know, I think everyone kind of sees what's popular right now as far as maybe paleo, keto, carnivore, whatever the kind of, uh, Mark had a great um, blog on intermittent fasting. Like everyone sees these kind of buzzy words and goes, you know, oh, which one's best for me? Well, really. It, what, what, is, what are they really looking for though? They're looking for a quick fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, with a couple of them, we've kind of joked. Oh, I got the pill in the back. After a couple of sessions, I give you the pill, and then we, you know, you write me a nice review, and everything's great. Yeah. Um, but you know, honestly, it comes down to calories. Like you know, you're either overeating or you're not. Um, and if you're not assessing what you're eating, you're just guessing at what you're eating. Like um, I follow Ben Mudge, who's who's great, and he's his constant kind of saying that he plugs is, if you're not assessing, you're just guessing. Don't tell me you know, that you're watching what you eat if you're not actively plugging it in and actually checking. And that's and that's across the board. Like for whatever mm -hmm. reason, when it comes to food, people don't make that connection. No. Like it's, it's you know, within your, your private career, you know, your family life, like you, you're always gauging, you know, like what you're doing. Your car tells mm -hmm. you what your miles per gallon are getting. Yeah. You know, your, your 
you, your kids get report cards to say, hey, last last uh, quarter you got a D, this this quarter you got a B, you're improving, or yeah. vice versa. Your budget. Well, you know, thing, yeah, your yeah. budget. Say, like, think, think of, like, if you went the entire year without looking at your bank account. Yeah. You know, I mean, and luckily there's some people out there that probably don't necessarily need to look, you know, but for for most of us, we need to check, check in and, you know, before obviously we make a major purchase. But so many people, so think of, you know, that, and then now think of how many people within an entire year, an entire year will not even track one single day of food. What, um, what, what do you think the, what do you think the disconnect is there? It's a million dollar question. Um, I, I think, you know, I'll let Chris kind of speak to it. Just my two cents would be, I think a lot of people are scared to know. hundred <laughs> percent. I think so too. I, I, I think part of it is that and Part of it is, you know, you everyone's been told so many different things, and the best and worst part about the internet now and Instagram and social media in general is everyone can put information out. So there's so much kind of everyone's an expert. Yeah, every, you know, if if someone looks super fit and stands in front of a whiteboard, they they must be a professional, you know. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's very easy for people to manipulate statistics and studies and say that it shows something else when it really doesn't show that, especially if you don't research that. Um, and that's kind of what I've delved into more of is, you know, why are these studies saying that? And then finding out, no, that's not actually what they say. A lot of it is bad information. Um, I, you know, part of it is that fear of like, Ooh, maybe I do have to stop eating so much, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe I can't eat this. Or, all the or time. this like, the the notion that everything I I put into my mouth has to be the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my entire <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah, like it, that's that is uh, unfortunately like a, it's probably more prevalent. And again, because there's a lot of things that taste really good, and and a lot of them are marketed as something that's good for you. Yeah, you know, so, um, fat free. Like you see, my favorite, my favorite ones are like a bag of gummy worms. It literally says fat free on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's all sugar. It's all sugar. <laughs> yeah. It's all yeah. one thing. Yeah, and, and I well, think yeah, the industry is rigged, you know, oh, against yeah. you, you know, us. Yeah, and I and I think part of it is too, like we've gotten into a concept, and I think of, I think, for a while now, it's been well, this is good food, this is bad food. There's really no such thing, mm-hmm. right? There's there's food that your body uses more efficiently and uses better and then there's food that it doesn't process so well you know um doritos just popped in my head like if you can start a fire with your food and mm-hmm. it burns bright for a while you probably yeah. don't need to be eating. Yeah. yeah you know you're probably okay maybe let's run through a hypo- hypothetical and we're kind of living a lot of this stuff and uh so hypothetical we, we you know so we we did just get this in-body scan and we can kind of dive into that a little bit but um, you know, hypothetically, someone, you know, to get back on to the original question of, you know, uh, questions about diet, what should I eat, et cetera, et cetera. We have a, you know, let's just say a, a male, 40 years of age, that's around 50 pounds overweight. They're currently not tracking um, what they're eating. Their exercise habits are two days a week. Um, where do you start with someone like that? Um, and, and then... From a, you know, I'm gonna guess that you're gonna say, hey, let's start tracking the food, but a little more beyond that, into even an exercise uh, type of prescription, and a little bit beyond. And again, we're not necessarily diving into exactly what they're eating, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, where 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 would you go? Um, the first thing, you know, 
having those numbers, you'd probably have already run through in body and seeing what that number should look like. Um, it's nice because it'll give you a bunch of different numbers to go off of. Uh, one Someone of them, also that a little more context, forty to fifty percent body fat. 40, okay, so you know, uh, when you're when you're just starting to track again, but um, not my normal first task for everyone is obviously tracking, um, and we set them up with a caloric intake that is probably going to be in the deficit mm -hmm. without even really knowing mm -hmm. um, what, because that is such a it's such a broad kind of stroke of everything you have your bmr which um let's say it's for this gentleman it is uh so say two thousand two thousand so still a pretty high for, bmr for, for around for around number. for around number so that's a pretty high bmr um that ba is basal taking, metabolic rate by the way basal metabolic rate basically if you were in bed rest and did nothing all day this is what it would take to keep you alive functioning maintaining that weight now longer you are inactive obviously you will atrophy and that will go down um, but you're looking at something that will allow them to continue their activity so two three days a week exercising um, trying to stress that they can they stay with that consistency um, we would look at calories and what those calories are made up of um, if we're gonna do a deficit we want to hit a little higher protein to save some of that muscle mass especially that skeletal muscle and uh, let the kind of carbs fats fall short where they need to okay. uh, but not this, necessarily counting macros yeah um, but I, I was gonna say this person also sits down for eight to ten hours a day no so, so this is a person that would probably look at like oh well maybe i should try keto because i heard it burns fat and you know if you feed your body more carbs it's going to burn more carbs if you feed your body more fat it's going to burn more fat because that's what you're feeding it right um but on that diet, we'd have to see where they are eating. So it would be 10, 10 days or so of track your food, write everything in. Everything has to be listed, even if it's bad. If you have a day where you ate out three times and you ate a case of Coke and whatever, it's gotta be written down because then we have numbers to go off of and say, hey, you are grossly overeating and mm -hmm. this is where you're projected to be at by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, This is where we need to be. And then you can kind of roll it back. Um, if you don't, unfortunately, if you don't have that kind of um, tracking beforehand, it's kind of a blank slate. Um, because exercise only burns so much, and it depends on the person's height and size and all. Well, I think too understanding that like, like, cool, you came in and, and did a CrossFit workout. Let's just say you even did Murph. What's the maximum number of calories right. you think you're going to yeah. burn doing sure. Murph yeah. when your basal metabolic rate, just the, the minimum number of calories to keep you alive is somewhere between 1,800 to 2,000. Mm -hmm. Like you were, that's such a minimal amount of calories you're going to quote burn off. Yeah. And let's, let's say it's on the high end, 500. Yeah. That is not a whole lot of food. Yeah. Like straight up, that's just not a whole lot of food. Right. Um, that's one trip to Starbucks yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, so I think the first step is is calories track your calories and try to you know i never kick anything out of a diet and i never tell anyone you can't eat this anymore but if it's um a pretty radical number like oh i drink three you know 18 ounce mountain dews a day it's like all right let's cut that back to you know imagine if you just did one, one. yeah you know and it's just it, it's limiting things not eliminating how many how many people have we have we seen say oh wow you look great what would you do i'd stop drinking soda yeah, 
yeah. that that was it, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and you talk about just uh, a can of Coke is 160 calories. If you have five of those in a day, yeah. that's that's you know you're you're coming up on half of your BMR. Yeah. You know, and, and there's no such thing as zero calorie. Like that's right. that's crazy. Like you know, or even negative calorie foods. Like oh, I ate a bunch of celery, so that's a negative. It's really there's no such thing. Yeah. It would just take you a long time to burn. That. I want to uh, run through because again we've talked we've said in body about 15 times yeah, this sure. far. Uh, run through some of these <clears throat> numbers real quick. So our in body scanner we just got this within the last two weeks. It's a pretty it's a, it's a very sophisticated piece of equipment. Basically what it's doing is running a uh, current through your body. You're not feeling it, um, but running current through your body. It's testing uh, a numerous amounts of things. So we've got uh, total bother, body, the total amount of water in your body. Apologize. Uh, your dry lean mass, your body fat mass, and your weight. Those are the first four numbers that pop up. Um, and what we're looking at there is, um, let you. There's a different one I did. Um, um, it's looking at in pounds how much water you actually are storing within your body. Uh, your dry lean mass. Uh, basically, the way I like to describe that is if you were uh, shriveled up in the desert, that's what would be left of you. All right, um, your body fat mass, and then your sum of your total, uh, the total amount of all those things combined. Um, we're also looking at so the bait we've we've brought up again basal metabolic rate. That's a good starting number for us, right? It allows us to kind of see where we need to at least adjust up or down from. Obviously, we're not gonna adjust down um, because that's gonna be below what we need to keep you alive uh, unless we're in a very, very like severe obese state. Um, But for most people, that gives us a starting point. So you're probably gonna jump up, what would you say, three to 400 calories from there depending on what they're doing throughout the day? Yeah, I think currently right now, I'm in a pretty strict deficit on my diet and I'm still, 600 calories over my bmr there you go um but again being active like yeah right um it really depends on where that is if you have someone who is you know 50 60 pounds overweight and they're looking at 40 plus percent body fat you know being within a couple hundred calories is probably efficient there um and you're gonna feel good for a while there um before you kind of feel run down it's probably gonna be 12 weeks at that before you feel hurt right um, below that, uh, it's gonna it brings up our muscle fat analysis. Um, so uh, Chris actually has a sheet of paper that has the first one I did, and I have one that I did at a different time. Again, we'll get into timing and things like that uh, when you should be measuring yourself and weighing yourself and things like that. The one that Chris has was a little bit higher than I would have expected, uh, but again, it had been right after I ate and after I worked out. Uh, so it kind of threw things off to where I did this other one in the morning and it gave me some different numbers. But uh, again, it's reading out my weight, my skeletal muscle mass, and my body fat mass in uh, on a scale, basically below normal, uh, at normal, or above normal, or average, I should say. Um, and then below that, your BMI and your percent body fat, where a lot of people probably will be focusing, right? So again, below average, average, or above average, um, it will give you a sliding scale. Below that, we have um, where your segmental lean analysis. So this is pretty cool where it's actually telling us where we carry a lot of our weight. So left arm, right arm, left leg, right leg, and our trunk. So obviously our trunk is gonna be the dominant factor where we keep most of our weight. Uh, But what we can view from this too is where we have deficiencies 
within our body. So if we're obviously left or right dominant, we can see, or uh, where I like to look more is right leg, left leg. If I'm carrying a lot more weight on one side of my body, we probably have some hip imbalances that we need to look at. Um, and then the bottom part here is a body composition history. So the more scans you get done, it will give you a sliding scale, uh, a little bit of a, a graph to show where you're going up or down. Um, so again, when you hear us talk about different parts of this, uh, if you're currently a member of ours, uh, we're offering two of them as a, uh, two of them as a courtesy to us for being a member to a year. Um, you can purchase them additional ones if you want to do maybe quarterly. Um, you can do them for uh, a little bit of a, of a price. So uh, one of the, the big things that I said earlier was getting the, the timing down, right? So one of the things I did the very first time I did my scan, I had just worked out and had um, a snack afterwards. Uh, and my number was a little bit higher than I thought they would, where I would normally lie. So I actually waited um, and did one in the, the following morning and everything was kind of back to where I think it would normally be. So uh, Chris, what do you recommend for maybe timing of if you're going to be jumping on the scale, if you're going to be doing some measurements. Um, I've heard just consistency is going to be the key. So yeah. uh, obviously you can be more accurate if you do it at a certain time, but as long as you're doing them in consistent nature, you can say, Hey, I'm going up or down in a certain area. A hundred percent. Um, you know, I've talked to a couple people about this. It's more about the consistency. Um, you know, when you're doing the calipers and the measuring like that, it's even more important that it's consistent same person all that stuff with the in-body is really nice because you plug in your ID um, if you do it after a workout continue to do them after a workout um, most ideally it's gonna be in a fasted state early in the morning that's when you're gonna you're gonna weigh the least uh, you've been sleeping um, dehydrated. dehydrated your uh, empty stomach had just gone to the bathroom kind of getting rid of any excess weight possible um, and that's not to say be, that you're doing it to throw the numbers yeah, off. You know, you're, it's you're giving us a baseline. Honest. Yeah, you're it's giving, giving us a baseline. Honest, um, you're you're kind of putting out the best work you can do. I look at it as you know, if it's a if it's a paper you're writing or whatever, you're this is your final draft going in to get graded, if you will, because that's what this kind of is. This is a grading system for how you're treating your body. Um, so if you're looking at this, like you know, you just ate and you know your arms are different sizes and stuff like that it's just it's very interesting um how you can throw these off what was um, the difference in body fat as far as y'all body them. so the the original one that i did 4%. was was uh 15.7 and then i did it the following morning at a kind of again a, a quote even state and i, I thought the fifth i was like 15.7 i'm like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm usually i'm not super lean but i'm relatively lean mm -hmm. and it was um and it was down to 13.3 i mean Body fat mass registered was four. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was a. Four, it was a four pound difference. Four, yeah, it's a four pound fluctuation in a small meal and water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so again, it's thro it's throwing a couple things off there by not being consistent. And I think that that kind of just speaks to not obsessing over the numbers. Mm -hmm. Like we're not defined by this scale or by yep. these numbers, and I know psychologically it can play a lot of uh, games with us. You know, um, and us as people that are in this business and take care of our bodies, you know, probably better than most. Um, we can still get in our head about numbers and stuff like that. So it's, it can be a little intimidating guys, you know, so if you're listening and you're thinking about getting the scan, look, there's no judgment, you know, whenever you guys step on the scale, whatever that number says, it's, it's not going to be the end of the world, but we need to track stuff guys. 
because just this is what the whole conversation is about right now. Chris just said it. Hey, this is where I would start. If you come to me and you say, I need to lose weight, we have to start tracking something as simple as your calories, um, and we gotta figure out some type of exercise regimen. And uh, good news for you, you're already paying for it. Yep. If you're a member, let's just start using it. So one of the things that I, uh, and this is, and I'll speak from you know personal experience, because I think the next question is, well, how, what do I do with this information? No, we're not just on here to sit here and plug this new scale that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more about what do we do with all this information? How do I even get started? Uh, because again, let's, let's face it, tracking your food is not exciting, it's not sexy, but again, we have to have something to judge off of. Mm-hmm. And for me, the easiest way is twofold. Um, I know, you, Chris, you uh, promote MyFitnessPal a lot. Okay, MyFitnessPal, I, I, I've had it, I haven't, again, full disclosure, haven't really used it because I've been pretty comfortable with where I'm at, but this gave me some, maybe a, a little bit more of a pinpoint, like, oh, like let's see where things are off a little bit. And this is more of my curiosity that was playing into this. And so taking my fitness pal and tracking where I'm at. Now, again, full disclosure, it's kind of a pain in the butt to set up, but how do we make that easier? We make it easier by doing what we've been, you know, promoting the entire time, which is meal prep. Right? Getting over the um, you know, we talked we've talked on Jameson's podcast, Mark, we talked a lot about just being accountable for your life and taking into account like like you're responsible for your own destiny kind of thing mm-hmm. realizing that not everything you're going to eat is going to taste like you just you're eating at jeff ruby's right you're going to have to eat some things that like are not the most exciting thing to eat but again you're you have this goal in mind of this is going to make me either a perform better feel better look better um and getting used to eating some of the same things because what does that do it makes it easier to track because if i know that the five ounces of chicken, the sweet potatoes, green beans, and Brussels sprouts that I have is X amount of calories. It's X amount of calories every time I eat it. So I'm not, I'm not sitting there trying to go through and scroll through and find exactly what I'm eating. My fitness pals advance enough that you save that meal, boop, hit a button and it goes right into the next one. So you're being consistent. You're taking convenience out of the factor, right? Because again, convenience is king. Days that I, I may miscalculate my time here and I only bring maybe one meal and, oh crap, I got to go over to Thornton's because I've got five minutes before class. What am I going to get? I'm going to get two Quest Bars. And again, I know it's in Quest Bars, yeah. but they don't make me feel fantastic, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, but you also got this database now, Jared, where you kind of know what five hours five ounces of chicken looks like. Yeah. So if you want the Kroger's and you're like, hey, I'm gonna get a, you know, a piece of chicken, uh, it doesn't have, maybe for whatever reason, it doesn't show you how much it weighs or whatever. Right. You can kind of eyeball it now. Yeah. And again, that's not necessarily the most optimal, but at the same time, you're not gonna go over there and get 20 ounces of chicken right. and try to overeat. Or, or 20 ounces of chicken covered in a cup of ranch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You well, know? And I think, you know, I would, I would say that with the, the intent of measuring whether it's you know um, with a scale or doing my fitness pal or whatever you're kind of doing the goal is to get to that kind of intuitive eating which you're talking mm-hmm. about is like okay i don't want to have to track my fitness pal forever you don't yeah like it's it's easy enough to get the hang of that and start paying attention to your food it's really about being present you know it becomes being present in eating how many of us you know i'm guilty of it myself I'm eating and I sit in front of the computer and look up YouTube videos or I've got my phone out. Like you need to be present with what you're eating because number one, it slows you down. 
you enjoy your food more, and you're generally not going to eat so much. What um, I'd like to hear both of you guys uh, answer this as far as how many meals do you eat a week that make you overly full? Right. Like to the point where you're like, I can't move right now. I Real quick, before before I jump into that, I want to say that um, the Mediter- you talk about buzzwords, Mediterranean diet, mm-hmm. we've all heard that. Um, they, they were talking to the nutritionist and he was talking about the Mediterranean diet and and I don't forget how it came up, but he's basically like, he's like, it has less to do with the food that they're eating, but more to do with the fact that in the Mediterranean, they sit, talk, enjoy time together, mm-hmm. so everyone's eating slower. Right. And it's funny because Laura and I went to dinner the other night, and right next to the place that we were eating at, there was a Mediterranean place. We went in, we had a bottle of wine, we ate we took our time and we went out and those people were still sitting at the table. They had already been there before we were there and they were there not even looking like they were remotely ready to go. Mm. And, and they were, you know, you could tell that they were, they were not speaking English. Like they were from Mediterranean descent. Like it was just very interesting to try and put, you put those two and two things together, being present with the the meal that you're having. It's, Um, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. And I think that's, part of everything right is being more present in your training being more present with your family at work whatever that looks like it's just you know, well, you know not to expand on that tangent but i want to oh, ask you the guys the questions again um when you look at you know disney just came out with their streaming and like all these streaming things and all the all, all the apps now it's uh i forget one of the ceos of the companies was like we're basically competing the to you know against sleep things like that we're competing or you know who's your biggest competitor sleep and what's your goal kind of thing it's like we're all just basically looking for a distraction to our crappy lives you know whatever whatever you want to insert there but you know i think and again i don't want to get go down this weird road of like mental health and stuff like that with people and how depression and stuff like that plays into roles of of people with eating and and different things because we all know that's real but um you know this in body scan, I don't want to overinflate it, but it absolutely could be a spring springboard into getting your health back. Mm-hmm. And a big thing about just life, guys, is like this self awareness piece. This is going to give you a lot of good, tangible kind of feedback into maybe, like Jared said, Jared. I mean, he works out religiously, eats, you know, like you said, food preps, and he was even surprised, yep. you know. And and guess what? He just said it. He's like. He didn't just look at that number though and be like, "All right, uh, it is what it is." He's like, "You know what? Let's track my food now, and let's get a little better." And and uh, but I think this is an important question. That's why I'm asking it. Like, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, whether they realize it or not, are kind of inter- intermittent fasting mm-hmm. by just skipping breakfast and eating a light lunch, and then they just crush a big dinner and then they go to sleep. I think that would be fair to say, like, common for probably most people. Yeah. And then they're living off coffee. They're not drinking enough water. So how many meals a day, um, or, or not even meals a day, how many, how many meals throughout the week are you guys eating to just over fullness? Um, I, had, I mean, when we went out to dinner this past Saturday, that was probably the only one. Right. So that, not yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe one. You maybe say like 80%, you're, you're eating to maybe 70, 80% full. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean there's, there's definitely times where I've gotten done and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm still really hungry. Um, but again, the, the, I think to elaborate on that, Chris and I are roughly in the same boat as far as I'm eating um, six, five to six times a day, 
um, some bigger, larger meals, some smaller meals. Um, and then like, again, I, I'm very used to eating a lot of the same stuff. Um, so it's like my, my breakfast and lunch, I'm a little bit backwards. I eat my eggs and stuff when I get home at night, but, um, you know, I'm eating chicken, vegetables, some fruit, um, for my breakfast and lunch type things. My snacks midday are usually going to be just a couple almonds, uh, you know, weighed out thing of chicken and, uh, maybe a banana or something like that. Um, and then my evening dinner is generally, um, couple eggs some egg whites um and some oatmeal and that's that's pretty much where i'm at almost every day and again that we uh, i was having a discussion with lauren while we were out to eat because this place was just unbelievable uh that we were eating at and it makes again being present it makes it made everything that we were eating that much better because my i'm not used to just indulging, indulging that much yeah. you know and i've got i mean anybody knows me i've got a terrible sweet tooth i mean really bad I, I, when I do overeat, it's usually on sweets. Like I, I can sit there, those Easter's coming up on Sunday. I will eat, I promise you this Sunday, I will eat so many Reese eggs. You guys have no idea. But again, knowing that 80 to 85% of the time I'm eating on not a regimen, but this is just how I eat. You know, I think that's another thing too. It's I'm not on a diet. This is just how I eat, you know, knowing that like, I feel pretty bad when I overeat and slows yeah, performance how, down. How's waking up Monday morning going to feel after that? Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there's, there, but seriously, hangovers, hangovers are alcohol or food induced. Absolutely. Especially that sugar, the sugar hangover is gnarly. You know, I, I might have one meal a week, maybe that I'm like, eh, I might've eaten a little too much, mm -hmm. but generally it's like, and I remember I used to eat like that all the time. Like just, no, I'm not going to eat for a while, so I'm going to eat as much as I can mm -hmm. because that's how you get bit. Like, yeah, it is how you get big. It's how you gain right. a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't. I think that's the goal, right, is you eat until you're satisfied, not until you're full. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to be able to eat and then 10 minutes later go and actually be doing something. I don't right. want to have to take a nap. Yeah, you know. shouldn't be like Thanksgiving every, every, yeah, no. every day. Yeah. And, and also know that, like, if you are doing... If you are tracking, if you are being cognizant, I shouldn't even say tracking. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, you're a bad person if you don't mm -hmm. track your food. But it is, if you're being cognizant of what you're eating, it's okay to have dessert Absolutely. when you're out with your family. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, don't be weird. But, but, <laughs> like you, but you also need to know that like on the opposite end of the spectrum, you may have to be that guy or girl at lunch that has their Tupperware. Yep. Mm -hmm. like, and that's also okay. Yeah. You know, like it's, it, it really comes down to whether you're, you know, breaking the social norm of your, your workplace. Um, you know, Mark brought up mental health. Um, emotional eating is as simple as if you're about to eat something, are you looking forward to eating it because you think it's going to change the way that you feel? That is emotional eating. For, for better or for worse, that is emotional eating. Are you going to eat something because it's gonna it's going to change the way you feel, not because it's going to physically like make you full? Yeah. You know, and I and I and I was I was listening to a, um, a interview on on emotional eating, and it's like I never really thought about it. And then like I legitimately was having a crappy day one day, and I'm like I'm gonna go home, and like my normal like oatmeal is pretty bland, and I'm like. 
I'm gonna dump as much peanut butter. Like I'm gonna go get some whole milk. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put whatever I want in this thing. And like I'm as I'm doing it, and I'm like I'm doing this because I know I think that this is gonna make me. That's again, it's emotional eating. Yeah. You don't even realize it. Well, I think that's a big blocker for people is stress eating, and you know. Yeah, this issue is way deeper than. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not. That's that's not yeah. that's not what we're here to get into. Yeah. But I mean, just and again, just being cognizant. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like you got to go. Oh my god, I can never yeah. do this again. But just realize that like it's food is just a really. Um, I mean, shoot, it's spiritual, it's, it's emotional, it's, it includes family ties, it includes oh, yeah, genetics. all of the above. So like we have this like really, again, the same thing, like this disconnect between like, uh, you know, my bank account or my, my grades or, you know, like I said, my gas mileage, like there's this disconnect that like, well, it's, it's food, it's different. And I'm like, no, you, but you still need to be able to gauge where, what you're doing with yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think 100%, you know, with, with, with obviously food, nutrition, look, we, you know, we haven't said CrossFit one time, right? Um, it doesn't matter what training program you're doing, whether, you know, you're a marathon runner or you're a powerlifter. Like, that's pretty much the spectrum, right? There's a lot of in-between there. Everyone needs to eat to survive and thrive, honestly. And uh, I think that's that's there's a lot of room in between there too. Like, yeah. are you eating to survive or thrive? And I would like to think if you're obviously investing in, in any type of program, um, it would be to thrive. And, you know, for me being involved with um, functional training, we'll call it for 10 years, um, it was about four or five years in before I actually started prepping my meals and everything. And it was like, why have I not been doing this sooner? And yeah, I thought it was going to be way harder than what I made it to be. I'm like, I can't cook. I put everything in the microwave. Um, believe me, when now I you say just put it, everything in the crock pot. I can do it. <laughs> or a smoker, yeah. you know, yeah. a glorified crock pot, essentially, is what it is. Um, you know, so, and guess what? I've got a full spice rack now. And like, believe me, when I say, I know a lot of people up there are building this mountain up that is nutrition, it's a lot simpler than you think. And honestly, just having a conversation with Chris, myself, Jarrett, um, whoever it is, um, to get you on that track. But you have to be ready to make a change. You know, you can't just like, oh, I'm gonna go in there and have a conversation and and uh, it's all just gonna take care of itself. Like, no, look, you know, Jarrett said Doritos and, and Reese eggs. Like, you know, I don't think any one of us are gonna be like, ew, those are gross. Like those are delicious. Yeah. And guess what? If they're in our house, we're gonna eat them. Yeah. So the first step might be cleaning out your cupboard and getting rid of all the crap that your kids or whoever in your house is kind of eating and just having some discipline. So I think somebody, uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I got a question for you guys. We'll finish things out. But I mean, I've been posting like the meal prep Sunday photo and like somebody made a comment about my fridge and I'm like, yeah, but we don't think that's all we have. Like, we're out of food for, like we make everything for the week mm -hmm. so like that's what we eat because i don't have any more self-control than anyone else i actually have really bad self-control if it's there i will eat it and i'll eat it till it's gone it's just the fact that if it's not there mm -hmm. yeah. you know like that is that is the it's, only it's that is the only difference yeah. it's a hundred percent hundred percent i mean right. we had we had stuff from um St. Patty's Day, it was like some like mix of M&M's, Lucky Charms, pretzels, and and I'm like, I'm not kidding you when I tell you, 
Hand of God, S. Lauren, I ate the entire Tupperware. Jared put it in a blender and just <laughs> made it a milkshake. I, I don't, I mean, uh, so anyways, I, I, I'm not, we're not here to say that like we're doing, you know, something that's amazing or something you guys can't do. It is truly doable. It just has to be a cognizant decision. I do want to, and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, hundred percent. I do want to ask. Um, maybe we'll run through and then and wrap things up. Uh, maybe just like one or two tips for people that um, that are maybe maybe they just they're just starting out. How do you even get started with either losing weight or just basic nutritional work? I think if you're taking it, uh, you know, upon yourself, it is it is finding a way to be accountable whether it's an app whether it's a friend or a family member or one of us is going hey i want to do this because and and i need you to hold me accountable if, yeah, if you awesome. if you go to someone you know you put it on facebook you put it, it it's you can tell yourself oh i'm going to run a marathon or i'm going to lose weight and you can feel really good about it and do nothing but the second you tell someone it becomes this physical thing that's out there and they're gonna go, hey, didn't you say you weren't gonna eat that stuff anymore? And that's automatically, like in my head, I automatically think of the Chris Farley, like, get off me, I'm starving. Yeah. But like, it's one of those things that it's got accountability. Mm -hmm. um, and I think number two is you gotta just face it. You can't be scared of it. Um, I mean, I personally hated meal prepping. If it wasn't for Becca, I would not have, be doing meal prepping. Um, she was like, we're gonna do this, this is what it's gonna be, and now it's like, I'm, I'm the one nature. Meal yeah. It's the new normal. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's the big thing is you, you can't be afraid of it. Like, well, what if I mess up? We're looking for persistence, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Like, you're never going to be perfect. But you can always kind of pursue excellence, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of piggybacking off your uh, accountability comment, um, setting that goal or, or, you know, I don't even like, really like saying the word goal, but intention. Um and then like you, you said marathon, if you haven't ran a mile before, don't make your goal a marathon, you know, cause you're going to set yourself up for failure. I think that's what a lot of people do with nutrition. It's like, all right, now I'm just going to, I'm going to go from terrible to perfect. Yeah. It starts with just a single meal. So don't like plan out your whole month. Just plan out one day, yeah. uh, one meal, um, throw away one bag of chips, you know, at first, whatever, whatever it is guys. Um, but I think it is that realization of just you have to take control of your life. I think that's been running through my mind a lot lately. Um, I want to, I want my actions to match my words. So like if I say that I want to be, um, you know, an expert in business or something like that, guess what? I need to, and I have a deficit of wisdom right now. So guess what I have to do every morning? I have to get out of bed and I have to start reading. I have to start studying. I have to start preparing. Um, because I think a lot of us, you know, um, fall victim to just saying we want to do stuff and then just not following through. So, you know, it is that accountability. But it, when we're more specifically talking about nutrition, if you just prepare your meals, like if you just stop eating out and just find time to prepare your meals and maybe include your family, it can now be to take on this whole new thing where something that you loathe, uh, it can be something that you love. Yeah. Um, my, my two, I guess, are going to be, uh, again, you'll see some throughput and some parallels with all of our statements, but I think the first one is um, kind of what Chris said, which is setting, um, you know, 
preferences, not expectations. If you set an expectation that I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 10 days and you don't do it, you're going to feel like a failure. If you do do it, you're not going to enjoy it because that was your expectation. Set a preference. Um, and, and to add my second point with that is uh, set a preference and start small. It's kind of what Mark said, right? So easiest one is lunches, right? That's a big one for people in the professional world. You are with friends, you go out to lunch, um, start with your lunch. Just make five lunches for the week, make something simple that you enjoy and that you can eat, and then do that for you know a month to two months, and then move on from there. Uh, again, you're not gonna change the world in, in one month. You know This'll probably take 90 days or so, so make it in these big chunks. Set, set these kind of uh, end goals and work backwards. If you want to start meal prepping all of your food by day 90, don't expect day one to have all your, food, your your meals prepped. Start with lunch, do that for a month. Start with breakfast, lunch, do that for a month, and then start with breakfast, lunch, dinner. So um, you can kind of move from there. So um, again, guys, none of the, we're not perfect by any means. Again, you will see me gorge on some some delicious fruit from, from food from time to time. You know, uh, all my macros and everything aren't exactly perfect, but again, it's it's an ever changing game. Um, and we, like Mark said, we are here to help you guys. Um, if you need to talk, if you need a, a starting point, if you want to get your, your in-body scan, um, grab one of us, um, it's and, free. and it's free for members. So please get those done. And, um, again, reach out with any questions you might have. Uh, thank you all for listening to Triumph every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Find us on triumphstrength.net on Instagram at triumphstrength and Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength. Thanks guys.